Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're rolling now. Okay. It's time for the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Here's your host, James Curl. That's awesome. Not at all. Whatever you need. Whatever you need, James. You want to, how about a good evening at the top? Sure. Does that work? Yeah. Just for a yeah. little different, something different? Yeah, yeah. Good evening, everybody. It's time for the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Here's your host, James Curl. That's great. I love it. I love it. Thank you. If you love it, I love it. <laughs> Anytime during my 10 years, I could do this. That's power. That's power. Here's the snap. The ball is down. The kick is up. And it's gone! Wolfpack wins! It's time for the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Here's your host, James Curl. All right, folks. Welcome to the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. We've got a, uh, a great crowd here in the media tonight, uh, standing room only. And uh, we're going to have to negotiate some more chairs in this room, I believe, before... <laughs> Uh, the basketball season is over. Uh, we hope you will come on down and hang out with us as we record the show here every Monday night at 6.30 here at Amedios in the bar area. Um, we, uh, as always, want to thank the folks here at Amedios for their support and uh, remind you that, of course, with the away game tomorrow night, you can catch the uh, Wolfpack here in action in the bar on the big screens and get half-price pi- half pizzas, easy for me to say, uh, in the bar during the game. And uh, we mentioned it last week, and I, and I want to correct something I said last week with regards to this service. The uh, you know Medios now does uh, delivery in the campus and surrounding areas uh, using the Order Up uh, website service. Uh, you are not able to actually contact Medios and order the delivery directly by calling the number. You need to go through the Order Up website. So uh, look up orderup.com and then search for Medios, and you can find the menu there and place your order. And those uh, fine folks will. Coordinate with the medias, and they'll send you uh, lasagna, uh, any any pizza, uh, calzone, anything you want from the medias uh, menu. You can have delivered to you if you're on campus or in the surrounding area. Uh, but you do need to go through the Order Up website. So that's orderup.com, and just search for medias, and you'll be able to find the restaurant there. Um, so again, thank you to Medios uh, for their support of the show, as always. Um, we're going to be uh, joined by Matt Purdy here in just a second. He's on his way in, but uh, Ernie Myers is with us. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. Great to be here. Good to see you. Uh, also, and uh, it's you know with uh, you know we're we're discussing I guess kind of a, a mixed bag of results over the past week, uh, basketball wise. 
Um, uh, I, I was catching some grief before the show started, though, so let me make sure that I address a couple of good news uh, items. Uh, the uh, men's swimming and diving team, uh, they completed an undefeated season, I believe it was, uh, by knocking off the Tar Heels uh, in the pool. Right. So congratulations to them. Congratulations. The uh, the men's hockey team, they're, uh, they're a club sport, but they are, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, uh, a Something to be proud of for the Wolfpack. They also completed an undefeated season in uh, hockey by beating Duke 12 to one. Wasn't they were not undefeated during the year, but they won the ACC title, I believe. So uh, we'll give them credit for that as well. Certainly, uh, kudos to them. And uh, the wrestling team completed a, a huge comeback against the Tar Heels uh, on the road. So uh, there was some uh, great news in the world of Olympic and non-revenue sports uh, that Wolfpack fans should be certainly proud of as well. So it's not just basketball this time of year. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, yes, and we want, we want to uh, certainly congratulate those teams for all of their hard work. And um, so with that said, let's talk basketball. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... Alyssa, uh, I don't know, Ernie. Do you want to do you want to start with Clemson uh, and get that out of the way, or do we want to talk about the uh, the huge game winner from from Trevor Lacey? Let, let, let's get Clemson out of the way. Okay, all right, all right. Um, yeah, man, Clemson comes to town, and um, you know, I think it was uh, a game that a lot of folks felt like State, you know, should have won. I don't think there's uh, much disagreement on that. Clemson's not having you know uh, uh, a great season by any means. They've you know. Lost a couple of head scratchers, and they've played some other teams pretty close. But mm-hmm. I think most folks would have said State should have won that game. Uh, and the Wolfpack just laid an absolute egg. Yeah, um, they, yeah, they did. It was uh, it was after a tough loss. Yeah. And that sometimes that happens um, when you you know the game against Notre Dame and you lose like that, and you think you you think you should have won, and it's it, it's just a letdown. Yeah. You know, so guys. You know, didn't seem like they were into the game in the first half. And, you know, Clemson were – I haven't seen them shoot like that at Clemson. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, their jumpers were raining and guys were just wide open taking shots. So our defense just didn't uh, – wasn't even there in the first half because guys were just uh, layups and jump shots. And I saw guys making moves. Clemson's big man, uh, I don't know which one. Uh, I think he's from, like, the Sudan or somewhere. Uh, Noko was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He made a power move. I, you know, because my wife went to Clemson, so I watch Clemson basketball. You uh-huh. know, we're not watching state or uh-huh. you know and that type of thing. And uh, I've never seen them play like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally shocked, and I'm sure the, the state players were too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, uh, you know, I, I think Oliver Purnell had some pretty good offensive teams when he was there at mm-hmm. Clemson, but. Mm-hmm. Man, Roper looked like the uh, the second coming of uh, I mean, pick your you know great Clemson you know three point shooter. shooter right exactly uh, he was just uh, unconscious um, and yeah I mean you know Clemson's not a great offensive team they they try to make it ugly mm-hmm. and, but they looked uh, about as offensively efficient as you can possibly look in a half in that first half I think they ended up scoring oh gosh what was it um, uh, here it is thirty six points in the first half. Uh, t- compared to State's tw- uh, 16, so we were down by 20 at the half. Uh-huh, yeah. And, I mean, I, I think we had to probably even claw to get back to within 20. Well, yeah, ex- exactly. And um, I think we we got as close as, what, three points, right? Uh, in, in the, the second, second half? In the yeah. second half. But the first half was just a total. When you only score 16 points on your home court, yeah. you know, guys kind of just mailed that half in. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's it's frustrating because it was indicative of um, you know something we've seen uh, throughout the year, and I, I was jotting down some notes uh, before the show started because I was curious about this. 
you know, we've we've talked uh, before, obviously, about how state tends to play two totally different halves within one game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, in that game, you know, they score only 16 points in the first half, but managed to score 41 to get back into it at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, still came up uh, short there at the end. Um, but, you know, that's a, a point differential of 25 points from half to half. Mm-hmm. You know, the UNC game, you know, we only scored 26 in the first half and scored 53. But some of these other ones, like the Virginia game, uh, you know, 31 in the first half and only 20 in the second. Um, you know, Notre Dame, 42 in the first half, 29 in the second. Uh, but, you know, that's indicative of, of a young team. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, you know, are playing away and home. And guys play different, uh, especially freshmen. You know, they, they play up and down, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, during the season. I mean, if you can get some consistent play um, uh, from uh, the freshmen uh, or sophomores, you know, they, 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 they have up and down games, and, 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 and that's what happens. You, you get a great half, and then the second half. And then teams make adjustments. Yeah. You know, in the second half, coaches, they make adjustments, and they see what you're doing and how, they, how, how state is scoring. and what's, So they come out in the second half, and they've adjusted. Right, you know, and they, and 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 the in our team is just you know they're playing, they're playing hard, but the other team is playing harder because they you know they're down. Yeah, you know, so that's 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 what happens in you know with young teams. Yeah, I, you know, you know there were a couple of instances this year. I think Miami and Notre Dame, uh, in particular, where you know State had a, a nice, not a comfortable, but uh, you know a, a a decent lead at half, mm-hmm. and then it all gets erased within a matter of mo- uh, minutes. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it speaks to the adjustments that the other team is making, but also some of that inconsistency, not, not being able to kind of rise up when it's clear that the other, the, team, the other had, team has made adjustments. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta play a little harder. Um, you know, those passes, those cuts, those, you know, shots, guys are going to be playing you tough. Yeah. So you, you, you know, you gotta be prepared. And that's, that's just with, with the youth, man. They, they, they gotta get that understanding. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure coaches, uh, coaches letting them know about that. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you, if you were a member of the, the state team and had been on the roster during that Clemson game, at the end of that game, I, I mean, are you feeling dejected uh, out the, at the outcome? Are you somewhat, ha- you know, not happy, but at least, you know, um, glad that you were able to kind of make it a game there in the second half? Or what can you take away from a, a game like Clemson if you're one of the players on the on You the just score? laid an egg. Yeah. I mean, that's a game you just have to totally forget about. Mm-hmm. I mean, the coach is not going to let you forget about it. <laughs> but, um, you, you know, you just, you just, you didn't come to play as a team. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be frustrated. You know, I'm sure guys were upset with themselves and, uh, you know, the fans were there. You know, you, you, guys on these teams, uh, from when I play, they took these games seriously. You know, they, these games meant a lot. People come out to see you mm-hmm. on your home court and you, you, you don't show up. It's, it's the worst feeling in the world. Because mm-hmm. you know you want to play well, you want to do well for the fans and the people watching and stuff like that, and for your own personal, you want to play, you want to you, you want to perform and compete. And when you hit it on, and when it doesn't happen um, for whatever reason, you know I know those guys took it hard. Yeah. Can you think of another game, uh, maybe during your playing time at State, where it just felt like everything went right for the opponent and nothing went right for you? Man. I- there was a there was there was there weren't a lot of games like that back in my era uh-huh. like that because V <laughs> Coach V wouldn't let you you know <laughs> halftime would be tough if we had a half like that yeah you know you would have came out with a totally different attitude <laughs> you know Coach V to let you have it in the locker room I've seen some tirades uh, that uh-huh. when I think back it was crazy but um, 
I'm trying to think of a game we had back in the day where, you know, everything just, just, you know, just we got blown out at home or something like that. And uh, I, I just can't remember right offhand. It, it wasn't any team that we were supposed to beat, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. V used to always say, we pay these teams to come in there and play you guys. <laughs> so, you you know, you know, we, we paid them to play. So you, you, you better play all these guys. We supposed to beat these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, I think I can say Florida State. We hmm. played Florida State at home and. Which would have been a non-conference game, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It was a non-conference game back in those days and we laid an egg. It was the NIT game. You know, we had, we were 19 and 7. And and we lost seven straight games. Mm. You know, um, yeah. my uh, my uh, sophomore year, we lost seven straight games and lost in the NIT at home to Florida State. And that was the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. Because uh, guys didn't play well. You know, we, we just, they came in and beat us, you know, on our home court. And it, guys, shots weren't falling and. Um, I think we lost by like ten or twelve points or something like that, and it was like, was was Pat Kennedy the coach of Florida State at that time? I'm trying to think who who was the coach. Of no, Florida. you know he he was he he was later. He, that was later because he was Jimmy V's protege. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was uh, he was an assistant with V at Iona, and he had came later. Right, right. You know, but I forget who was who who, who the coach was back then. But um, they came in here and beat us mm. uh, on our home floor in and, and, and the first round of the NIT, mm. and that was that was awful. Yeah, well, I mean, be, I guess even being in the NIT at that point just felt probably yeah. pretty miserable, given what had happened yeah, the year before. Exactly. So you know, I think it was the first time that a team that had won a national championship didn't return to the tournament. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So uh, it was a uh, it, it was a it was a bad season. Yeah. Well, um, the uh, I guess the the good news uh, was that obviously State was able to shake off you know the that sour taste of the the Clemson game and mm-hmm. and come out and perform you know very well against Georgia Tech, particularly the uh, first ten minutes of that game, uh, hitting on all cylinders again. You know, showed again some of that potential that this team has for really putting a lot of points on the board very quickly. I mean, Cat Barber played the half of his life. Yeah, uh, he did uh, um, that game. And it's indicative of what you were talking about earlier mm-hmm. about teams. You know, they made adjustments in the second half, right? And uh, but they played great that first half. Everything was rolling. Cat Barber was hitting. Was, he was hitting three pointers and um, had a nice floor game going. And you know everybody seemed like they were ready to play. And then the second half came, and it just uh, they made adjustments. And you know Georgia Tech just came out and played hard and. We couldn't get a rebound. They, I mean, the offensive rebounds, Georgia oh, Tech, was, they, 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 they were like men amongst boys in the second half. Yeah. Well, I, I know Brian Gregory is a um, uh, disciple of, oh, gosh, the, the gentleman at uh, Michigan State, Izzo. Uh, Izzo. And, uh, and I know Izzo, that's one of Izzo's you know, things that he really preaches is offensive rebounding. And so, I, you know, it's not surprising to see a Georgia Tech team, mm-hmm. you know, put a lot of focus on offensive rebounding. But, man – um, you know, I think they got about 23 offensive rebounds. It was nuts. I, you know, I, I saw the number of offensive rebounds and I thought that was total rebounds in the game. No, that was just offensive boards. Yeah. It was nuts. We just uh, couldn't keep them off the, we couldn't find a guy, put a body on him. And, yeah. 
and, and box them out. And it was very frustrating when you'd see a guy uh, on Georgia Tech grab a rebound when he was bracketed by two guys on our squad. It's like, how's the ball even finding its way to their hand? But you just got to be, you know, diligent and strong and, and you know, push your man off the block and, and you and know. Get those rebounds. I don't yeah. know. Anya didn't play particularly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to I – didn't, I didn't think he played that much that game. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I think he's relying too much on the blocks. Yeah. Then, you know, get in position and, 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 and rebounding in that way. Yeah, we I've heard um, Coach Godfrey on several occasions mention that he wants Anya to do a better job of not leaving, you know, leaving guys just for the block or, or you know, sacrificing good defensive position and good rebounding position just in order to make a, a, block. a highlight block, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, he's still struggling to get that message uh, at this point. And, Perhaps that's why he's not seen the floor quite as much as uh, he did at some points during and, the season. And, and we need him. I mean, yeah. we, 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 we need Anya to play well. You know, he's, he can't just get buried in the bench over there. He, he has to play for us to, to make it to the tournament. Yeah. That, that's, that's just the way I feel about it. He has to, uh, we, you know, uh, uh, Washington is playing well. Um, he, he had a great game. Um, I, I can hear Coach, uh, through the television, telling them they they couldn't stop him because he was he was just going nuts. Uh-huh. You know, at one time um, uh, during the game, um, and uh, Lacey is just, you know, I, I was glad that he started Cat again because uh, it freed Lacey up to mm-hmm. play well. You know, to play and and to get that last shot off like he did. You know, he, he yeah. had he had some legs at the end of the game right. <laughs> to get right. that shot off. You know, and uh, that winning shot. So. Um, if you need him to score, you're going to have Cat Barber's going to have to play like that the rest of the season. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Lacey ended with uh, 20, or excuse me, 19. Cat ended with 23. So there's your backcourt tandem, you know, mm-hmm. really putting you know a good bulk of the points up on the board. Um, yeah, I mean, and and of course, you know, obviously the the moment from that game uh, was the shot that you know went in there at the buzzer. Um, you know, he. Lacey is just uh, one of the most fearless guys I can recall mm-hmm. in quite some time, mm-hmm. and it's 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 wonderful and refreshing to see, you know, um, just a guy that uh, you know when the game is on the line he mm-hmm. wants the ball in his hand, and his teammates know that. Obviously, you know, I think Cody was the one who snagged the rebound on that missed free throw. He knew exactly who to get it to. Who to get it to? Absolutely, and I'm glad that he knew who to get it to. As a freshman, he didn't panic and. He got it right to the guy he needed to get to, and 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 and, and, he, and he let it go. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and and, and I'm sure state fans all over the country were uh, happy to see that shot go down because <laughs> we've lost so many games. Yeah, um, like that close games from tippins or, you know, from last year I think we played against Wake at Wake. We, you know, we lost at the buzzer. There's so many games that we've close games we've lost. Mm-hmm. And then early on in the season when. Lacey had that shot against Wofford. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it seemed like it was a rewind. Uh, right. You know, and it, it, it didn't count, but this one did, and, and that was awesome. Yeah, I heard his postgame comments uh, to the effect of he wanted to make sure this time that there was no doubt <laughs> with the time left on the clock. He didn't right. He didn't uh, get any closer to the basket. He wanted to make sure he let it go with plenty of time on the clock. And, um, you know, of course, the uh, you know the guy he is, he, he lets it fly, and he's still running to the basket. 
uh, and it's it's fun to watch on replay because he's he's almost underneath the basket when the when ball, ball goes, goes through. Yeah, yeah. And then that, yeah, yeah, that was awesome, man. Yeah. So um, Matt Purdy has uh, has joined us and sat in. How are you doing, Matt? Great, thanks. Good to see you. Let me uh, get your levels up here. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know we were just obviously discussing the uh, the end of that Georgia Tech game, and um, you know I know uh, you know st- states obviously you know. Um, Felt some pain, of course, over the course of the year with uh, the Clemson game and some of the other close losses. Uh, you know, Georgia Tech, too, man, you know, to lose in that fashion. Uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot of Georgia Tech fans who are, you know, eager to, um, uh, well, I don't, I don't know uh, if they're necessarily calling for uh, a coach to get fired at this point, but I think a lot of folks have uh, definitely become less than enamored with Brian Ge- Gregory as their their head coach. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt, you grew up in the Atlanta area, yeah. so I don't know. Uh, maybe you have a, a, a fairly decent pulse on the uh, Georgia Tech fan base there in in the area. Of course, I don't know. They're a small school. They may not. <laughs> it's probably Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah. It was mostly Georgia fans, um, and. Surprisingly, a lot of Clemson, Tennessee, and Auburn. Um, so when they, when they when State played Tennessee that year in football, it was like it was like all right, nobody even had to travel in for the games. Everyone's right. already there. Um, but yeah, I've I've noticed that Georgia Tech fans are kind of like we either need to win out or lose enough to get Gregory fired. Yeah. Um, which I mean, State's kind of been in a similar situation with some coaches before too. Um, yeah. You know how it is. It's kind it's rough, and they've been like you said, they've had a lot of close losses. They they had a pretty good non conference going, um, and you know just I, I think they've lost like four or five games by less than four points or something like that. Yeah, um, and it, it's tough because I mean they're close to being a bubble team, but now they're what below five hundred. Um, yeah, so. in a lot of ways it feels kind of like um, you know Les Robinson's last year where I think State had something ridiculous and you know lost five games by combined eight points or something like that ridiculous and you know you hate to say it but that's those are the outcomes that decide you know coaches careers so i mean that you're paid to win games if you don't win games yeah after so many years i mean yeah what are you doing so. yeah i'm not gonna waste too much time shedding tears for uh, georgia tech <laughs> right because <laughs> we certainly were the beneficiary uh, of that result um yeah, you know, uh, Matt, I don't know if you had any other uh, additional thoughts maybe on uh, the Georgia Tech game uh, before we switch gears uh, a little bit. I'm sure you've probably already talked about it, but Cat Barber's first half was the greatest he's played since he's been at State. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of nice. I saw Joe Giglio had the stat of his first game. He was three for four and threes. And then Georgia Tech, he was four for five. And in between that, he was two for 15. Wow. Um, so, mm-hmm. And then somebody made the point of, is he shooting more in those games because he's hot? Or is he hot because he's shooting more in those games? You know, it's kind of a chicken and the egg uh, right. thing. I, I thought that was kind of an interesting thought. Um, I, I, Gottfried said that he's going to try to let him play more. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he's like, I mean, Kat's obviously got the physical abilities to do it. Yeah. Um, well, I guess. I just and, think he had the green. I mean, he played with confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looked confident. And maybe, you know, the, he got over the death of his friend or his cousin or, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and just got his head back right and, and, and he's deciding to play. Yeah. You know, and um, and sometimes when you get relegated to the bench yeah. for, you yeah. know, you, you want to show the coach, hey, you, you know, I, I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to go back there. And that, right. that happened with him a little bit last year mm-hmm. between he and Lewis, uh, you mm-hmm. know, rotating. Usually, whichever one would start the next game generally tended to be a little more aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. better or worse. But either way, they were out there pushing it a little bit more, trying to show that they were the guy. Um, uh-huh. And Cat, you know, I mean, 
nothing against him, but I mean, he didn't really. Who else is going to play point guard at the start of the season? Right. Um, yeah. And now maybe he says, okay, you know, this team can they'll play without me if I'm not aggressive in playing my game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's always been said that um, you know the number one trump card that a coach has in his back pocket when it comes to a player is playing time. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. because you know whether or not uh, you know you believe in what the coach is saying or respect him or whatever. If he's the gatekeeper to your time on the court. More than likely, you're going to fall in line, uh, you know, so you can, right. you know, keep those minutes up. And um, to Cat's credit, he's responded. So yeah, it's, and you know, and it's also wins and losses with coaches. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't want to, you know, you don't cut off your nose to spite your face. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Just to prove a point to a player, uh, either. So you want to, you know, I thought I thought again, you know, uh, Lacey playing point guard couldn't last long. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want thirty-eight if you, minutes at point guard, yeah. yeah, and then and 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 that couldn't happen for the rest of the season because um, if you wanted him to score and be your scorer and you know guy that's fearless, it, it, it wore him down. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, and he can do it, but yeah. you're, you're not going to be successful with him doing that the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and and sometimes you know uh, it happens in in all sports, but you know players. Uh, not necessarily need to be saved from themselves, but you know if they, you know, believe that they can do something that ultimately takes away from the other parts of their game, you know, and gets them, you know, tired in the end of the the ball game when you need them the most, mm-hmm. you know, you do you do need to do things that um, whether or not they're able to do it or not, you need to make adjustments and you know protect the aspects of their game that uh, are, you know, what's most critical to you know providing for the basketball team. Yeah, so and then and Cat he took the shots that. I didn't. He didn't force anything. Yeah. No. He took shots that were wide open that he mm-hmm. should take. Yeah. <laughs> you know that he knocked down. So it was it was in the continuity of the offense, mm-hmm. uh, and he and he was wide open and he knocked him down. And that's, you know, he wasn't ball hogging. You know, right. you know, right. you, you, you've seen him do. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. But I was glad to see that. You it, know, I was glad to see that in his game. It's going to you know? open up the rest of the season a lot more for him now because his primary, I would say, his primary strength is his speed. Um, and mm-hmm. you know now if defenders have to come out, pump fake and go around them, no one's. I mean, who's going to catch up to him? Um, yeah, if, yeah. If he start hitting that jumper like that, mm-hmm. then that really opens his game up because you know guys come out at him, yeah, go shoot right by him, yeah, and maybe he can pass it to a big guy down low. <laughs> <laughs> now whether or not they can finish the basket, <laughs> is yeah, a, exactly. Is question is another question. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's take a break, and uh, we will come back and preview uh, our one game this week, the uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacons in the second half of the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. So what is it that people like most about Emilio's Italian restaurant? Cool atmosphere, lots of state memorabilia, tons of memories, just lots of things to reminisce about. The food's awesome. I've had just about everything on the menu, and it's all great. Chicken wings, hamburgers, lasagna, pizza, it's all great. I love coming. I've been coming here since 30 years since I was a kid, man. Find your own special reason for loving Amidio's Italian Restaurant in the heart of Raleigh, North Carolina. All right, welcome back to the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. We... Um, we actually found out about this uh, before we started the show, but we kind of wanted to um, to wait until we kind of got confirmation on Twitter. Um, but the the news is now out as of um, about seven o'clock tonight. Um, Don Shea has passed away. 
Uh, I'm sure most of you who, who follow me on Twitter and some of the other uh, you know folks associated with the show are probably already aware of that at this point, given that you're probably listening to this uh, tomorrow morning. But um, uh, you know, man, just um, you know, it really stinks. Um, you know, he he of course graciously agreed to do the intro to the show, and you've heard his voice for several years now, mm. kind of opening up the, the podcast and. Um, he's appeared, you know, in person and over the uh, the phone with me, uh, discussing, you know, not just NC State but also, you know, the work he does with the, um, uh, you know, the the kit, the coaches kickoff uh, thing mm-hmm. that he the event that he does, and I think he's done also some things with the Raleigh Sports Club as well, and mm-hmm. um, you know, Ernie, you were saying you've known Don for a long time, going you know back to your playing days, I'm sure. Yeah, I remember when he was working for Jimmy V um, at the uh, you know V Sports Talk Show, mm-hmm. um, and he's just been a great guy, uh, you know, a great state, you know, uh, Wolfpack guy. Um, he just got a like a lifetime Wolfpack award at one of the football games recently. Right. Um, I think it was last year, and um, uh, it's just uh, we lost a, a great, you know, sports guy. You yeah, know, he was a good man. Yeah, he he was, you know, at growing up as a, as a state fan. Whenever you would watch the coaches' shows, you know, mm-hmm. he was the the MC and host for those, and um, you know, it uh, as as someone who's now getting to kind of do some things. Um, and, and you know, I, I, I say what I do is loosely covering you know NC State sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know he was definitely one of those guys that uh, was the voice of uh, NC State in a lot of ways to folks like me and a lot of other state fans. And um, you know our, our thoughts go out to to his family and mm-hmm. and you know um, gosh it just uh, it's it's very sudden. Uh, news to to hear and learn, especially on a night where we're podcasting. And so, our again, our thoughts are with Don's family. And um, you know, if you have a second, just uh, you know, think about Don's family as well. It's um, it's uh, it's a tough time. Anybody passes away like that. So um, anyway, um, let's uh, let's uh, you know talk about NC State uh, basketball again. Uh, we will um, you know look forward to the. Uh, one game we have this week against Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. The uh, state travels to uh, Winston-Salem, uh, our uh, <laughs> least favorite destination perhaps <laughs> on the, really? the ACC. Uh, I'm not sure what it is about. Uh, maybe it's you know all the uh, the cigarettes or uh, some of the other things that. Uh, yes, the we're, downtown menthol. Is <laughs> something about uh, yeah, something about Winston-Salem is kind of tough for the pack to uh, to play well in, but. Uh, you know, uh, they they struggled to start the year, but I think Danny Manning's starting to find some things with that team, and you know they've they've played, you know, uh, more competitively in, in you know recent weeks. I don't know if the wins have come yet for them, but um, I think they just played uh, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and they got blown out. I think. It, okay, so their most recent uh, result was uh, in in the the blown out category. Um, yeah, you know they. Uh, I'm sure they're going to continue to have, uh, and perhaps not to the 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 same degree or the same fashion that NC State has, but they're going to probably continue to have an up and down year. Um, but uh, you know they're they play hard. I, I've yeah. watched them, and and Danny's once he gets some good talent down there, he, he can coach it definitely. Yeah, you know, so he's going to make he's going to he's going to bring that program up, and they play hard at uh, Wake Forest. You know, most of the, the games that I've watched, 
them play against teams, good teams that you know. I saw them give Louisville a game and mm-hmm. and and a couple of other teams uh, a, a tough game down there. And, and we always they always play us tough. Football, basketball. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but we have a hard time down there, man. It's yeah. Just, I'm looking at their schedule. They they had that close game against Syracuse up in the Carrier Dome. Of course, mm-hmm. you know Syracuse is not having the best year mm-hmm. um, by their standards, but you know it's, uh, you know that was a close game for them. They they lost a heartbreaker against Clemson in Little John. Uh, their most recent result was a three point win against Virginia Tech uh, there at home. So. You know, it, uh, I don't think any state fan should expect that this is going to be an easy game by any means. Oh no! And um, we should hope that the uh, the guys on the team, you know, respect them going in as well. The, the biggest fear for me is always Devin Thomas. He seems to always play really well against state, and after the rebounding performance against Georgia Tech, um, he's kind of a similar player to the two bigs they got, except a little more versatile. Um, mm-hmm. So that's they, it's something that hopefully they focus on the last few days is rebounding. Keep, yeah, keeping up the boards. They got rebounded by what twenty? Yeah, by twenty three. Yeah, still winning mm-hmm. is pretty remarkable no matter how well he shoot. So yeah, that that Georgia Tech game was a statistical anomaly in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the rebounding definitely has to improve and and um, and yeah, it's it, you know we we've just got to I guess figure out a way to um, string two good halves together and and. You know, not let uh, what's the phrase? Game of runs. Uh, yeah, yeah, game of runs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if if Wake happens to get on a you know a, a a run that you know maybe puts the pack down, you know uh, six eight maybe even double digits. It, you know, that's going to be tough sledding for the pack mm-hmm. trying to dig themselves out of that if that were to be the case. So jumping over, jumping on them early would be uh, certainly oh, the way to go. Yeah, if you if you get them at home and you, you, you kind of knock them, punch them right in the mouth in the beginning of the game and mm-hmm. and get up big, you might come out with a you know a nice victory. Mm-hmm. But if if they come out real strong and and, 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 and hit us in the mouth or, or what have you, and, and it could be a tough game. Yeah, because you know, they do play hard at home, and I think that big guy that um, you, just, you just mentioned, he mm-hmm. he played well against us last year there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I remember we had chances to win that game. We we lost that game by like what one point or something. I think I think that's right. Yeah. Last year, but they you know. And I think you know Wake Forest. They're a smaller school, but you know they're certainly uh, a school that takes a lot of pride in basketball, and their basketball crowds, you know. The Bizdelic era, withstanding, um, you know, it can <laughs> yeah. be you know pretty raucous, and you know Lawrence. They've Stoles. had some great teams down there. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. being a small school, they have, they've had some great players. Tim Duncan. They, I mean, they have they, three all stars this year. And the wow. NBA. Teague made it too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, I think any way you slice this game, it's certainly not a, a gimme by any stretch. And um, you know, we didn't really talk about it in the first segment, but um, that Clemson loss really hurt. You know, state in the terms of uh, you know their NCAA chances, <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. push them back onto that. Uh, you know, maybe the just on the wrong side of the, the bubble. bubble. Right. And so you know, you lose this game. You're starting to talk about certainties as far as you know whether or not you're going to be able to make it into the tournament in the negative sense. Yeah, because then you start looking at the other teams that we have to play down on the line, and we got to go at Carolina and Louisville, Virginia's coming in. Yeah, you know, and all these different teams at Louisville. I mean, those those going to be some tough games. So we got to get these games. I mean, like Mm -hmm. you said, that Clemson game put us like behind. Right. You know, and and had it not been for a you know, a prayer uh, jumper <laughs> yeah. at the end of the uh, you know Georgia Tech game. I mean, that brought life back into it. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, um, a lot, several folks, Hodge included, uh, you know, said that shot from Lacey saved the season. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Mark Godfrey was asked by Joe Giglio uh, during his press or, or his media availability, mm-hmm. you know, was is that the case? Did it save the season? I think God's response was, well, we'll see. So he clearly knows that there's still a lot of work to, to be done and there's a, a long road to go uh, before we can make any determinations whether or not that one shot saved the season. But, uh, you know, this one game may not save the season, but it could certainly, you know, go a long way to uh, <laughs> to keep you know. us in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, not, I don't think it saves the season because we, you know, but it, it, it gives us a, uh, you know, an opportunity to, uh, you know, just move forward and, and 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 have some more possibilities. Yeah, it, it, and you know, it's uh, you know that certainly when you start comparing resumes between teams that are trying to get it in, you want to you know be able to prove that uh, when you look at your resume, those even on the road in the ACC against teams that you should be beating, mm-hmm. you're able to Beat you know them. yeah. So um, just a quick look ahead as we you know move forward in the schedule. You know, you got Wake, and of course, we don't have a weekend game uh, as we uh, kind of rest up for Virginia when they head to town on the uh, 11th of February. But then, yeah, Louisville uh, with Virginia Tech sandwiched in between Louisville and North Carolina. You know, I, things you know you might say get a little bit easier to close out the year with a stretch of Boston College, Clemson, and Syracuse. But um, you know, it's um, you know it, it, this is obviously crunch time. For the for state, and they've got to start stringing together wins. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at that schedule, trying to figure out, you know, what could you get away with losing? And there's not much left on there. Um, maybe, you know, a loss, a close loss at Louisville would be forgivable, but, um, you know, and I guess at, at Carolina also. But uh, you feel like, in order to feel good, you would want to win one of those two games. Absolutely, that puts you right back in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, you know, you beat Wake, and you know. We can, I think we can beat Virginia at home. You know, yeah. I think we can beat that. That's a game. That's a winnable game. Yeah. You know, I, I think so. Now, um, the, just looking up, they're currently trailing by five in the first half against Carolina in Chapel Hill. They lose that game. You know, suddenly, you know, maybe uh, Virginia's not quite the Goliath that they looked at, you know, earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you do kind of wonder about a team that's not a tr- perennial powerhouse when they've been so highly ranked throughout the year and then they have a couple losses back-to-back, how do they respond? Um, so well, nobody expected them to go through the league without a loss mm-hmm. anyways. But, um, you know, they're a good team. Mm-hmm. They have a great coach and, and, and they play together. I mean, they don't have a, a bunch of all-stars on their team or, you know, um, I don't think there's a guy on their team averaging over 15 points a game. Mm-hmm. But they play hard and they and they coach very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, I, I think that they'll continue to win in this conference. They'll, they'll, they're they're going to be there and up an echelon team. They're going to oh, gain yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we can beat them. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. I mean, especially look at looking back at how we played in Charlottesville in that first yeah. half. Mm-hmm. I mean, we certainly outplayed them in, in that, you know, 20 minutes of uh, stretch there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think State's got a, a, a decent shot against the Cavaliers and, yeah, that would be a, a nice statement win for this team. Um, and, you know, it, it's been a... If you can get them and Duke, like we, you know, we beat Duke here. And, yeah. You know, and you add uh, Virginia and, you know, then, then you're, back in, you're back in the conversation. Not many bubble teams that would have better wins than that. So. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Oh man, just I'm I'm thinking back to that Notre Dame game. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, right? That game, the, the, and the that's how the team goes. felt. I think they felt like they should have won that game. Yeah. And I don't think they overlooked Clemson, but I just think they didn't come out and, mm-hmm. and, and with that fire, and they were kind of down from that loss. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they had it. When you're up at 18 at home and you and you lose, it's a psychological thing. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, but hey, re- rebounding, we talked about it earlier uh, in that Georgia Tech game. I mean, rebounding in that Notre Dame game is what uh, cost them the W there as well. At the end of uh, the first half, regulation and in overtime. And then, so Yeah, mm-hmm. and second half of Georgia Tech pretty much did it. Anyway. Oh, yeah, it was, we, yeah, 20, what was it, 23 offensive rebounds? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Just nuts. One of, those, one of the keys to that going forward is going to be Abu has kind of Pushed his way into being probably the best big, but he gets into foul trouble every time. Um, and that, that's really kind of making a difference in the second half. He can't really go for rebounds. Um, so, it's, you know, especially against a team like Virginia when that time comes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have some good bigs. You know, they're not world beaters, Toby and Gill, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, if Abu can really kind of keep his hands to himself in terms of hand checks, that's how he gets a lot of fouls. <laughs> um, he and Kyle kind of have been the two that have really stepped up. Right. Um, keep them out of foul trouble. I think they could have a chance to win. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Abu because he just feels like a guy that's now starting to kind of piece it all together. Mm-hmm. And, man, his ceiling just seems like it's through the roof. It, yeah. it, it is. Uh, he, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I, it's kind of funny because the other three bigs all are kind of good at one thing. Kyle's good at kind of stretching the floor. Lenard's pretty good at, you know, he's a better rebounder and BJ can block shots. But Abu kind of has a piece of all of that mm-hmm. um, and that's what they've really lacked um, the last two years it's just a big man who can kind of do everything along with some insane athleticism right. and, and uh, yeah it's 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 just crazy to think what his potential might be as he starts yeah. to continue to develop and now if he can stay out of foul trouble <laughs> right, then um, you know he'd be really great yeah um, but he yeah, he's coming into himself mm-hmm. um, you know uh, he's uh He's taking the, the nice post-up shots, games, and he mm-hmm. hustles. He, mm-hmm. You know, he gets on the boards. He doesn't give up. You know, he, he's going for that third and fourth jump on on, on rebounding, and you know, his, his ceiling is he, he's very high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's going to be a nice player. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm eager and uh, you know anticipating to see how the uh, the growth of Abu continues, um, and I don't want to. Um, single out anybody necessarily but i kind of feel like this year we felt like maybe lenar freeman might take a step forward um you know he there were times in that game against uh georgia tech where it felt like he was in a good position to to you know grab a few Mm -hmm. rebounds it didn't happen and so you know i'm I'm hoping he's a guy that's able to kind of get it you know back on track a little bit more and yeah um you know maybe produce uh he hasn't been asked to produce offensively, but maybe he can start to develop a little bit more in that realm as well, earn a little bit more minutes. Because I feel like he's he's a guy too that has a lot of potential, but we just haven't seen that you know kind of. It's, it's 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 because of a boo. Yeah. I mean I mean that's basically what's happened. He's rebounding, he's scoring, he's you know he's a little bit more athletic, uh, you know than he is, and you know. Um, what he needs to do is when he gets in the game is to get every rebound that he can get. Right. Mm-hmm. And then don't think about scoring the ball at yeah. all. No, you know, because coach, that's not what he wants him to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that he thinks if he scores, he stays out there longer. Right. right. You right. know, if he hits a nice little corner jumper or something, he that extends his time. No, that's not going to extend his time. His time is going to be extended if he gets in there and he starts, 
you know, he's got to be a bruiser type guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, get in, get the hard rebounds, kick it out to guys, and then then you'll get a putback here and there. And, and, yeah. then, and that, yeah. that's what's going to get him back in the flow and back in the rotation. We need to get Richard Howell on the phone, maybe uh, see <laughs> yeah. what his consulting rate would be. Another thing to keep in mind is Lennard's actually the youngest player on the team. Yeah, and, and yeah, I uh, at one point you know, kind of caught myself thinking that as well because most guys when they come in as freshmen – even true freshmen, they're already like 19 years old. Yeah, he was 17. He was he, 17. Yeah. yeah so all the tw- the twins turned 19 before he did. <laughs> I think Abu was already 19 when he hit campus. So yeah. So he, he's still you know uh, you know still developing and growing. Even mm-hmm. though you know the I guess the class beside his name in the uh, you know, playing guide uh, or the uh, playing guide that's not a term uh, <laughs> the media guide. Uh, he must not have went to a prep school. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we'll see how that uh, how that continues to grow. I, I, you know, just to kind of put a button on things, you know, this team still feels like um, several pieces that are still trying to figure out how they mesh together mm-hmm. just right. You know, um, we're starting to see some of it come together, like a boo. Um, you know, Cat's regaining a little bit of his. And the you know, twins are aggressive. And yeah, the twins defense. are aggressive. Yeah. I like and, them. And, yeah. and Winston Salem's right next to their hometown, so Ooh. you know, we'll see how they show out tomorrow. But. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they have a nice game. And but yeah, you're right. They they have really kind of come into their own. Cody is now stealing minutes from Caleb, yeah. which which yeah. is it's funny. <laughs> controversy. I don't know if you saw it during the game, uh, Ernie, but uh, there was a part where Cody was on the floor and Mark was yelling out, "Caleb, Caleb!" And then Cody finally turned over and was like. Like you know, you like, oh, oh yeah yeah. So I'm, but you know, it didn't seem to offend them or anything because I'm sure that's happened their entire life. Yeah, but. absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but it's crazy. I I wonder how you know. I've I've I saw them driving to the game together over at uh, uh Reynolds. I was pulling out and they were coming in and uh-huh. you know they were both getting ready. They had their earphones on. I'm like. <laughs> You know, now they, now you're battling for time. Uh, <laughs> what if they show up in different cars? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Maybe yeah, we should uh, a little brotherly uh, competition. We should see which one has PYT on their uh, playlist, uh, their pregame playlist. That was somehow a news item going into the Seahawks game for Russell Wilson. I don't know where that came from, but um, uh, we'll see. I, I'm hoping that uh, you know, obviously, the most critical part of the year is the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll see how this team plays postseason wise, and uh, we will uh, wish you know wish that the team hope that the team comes together and starts getting uh, everything kind of falling into place. But I feel sorry for these guys these days because every game is like is geared toward the NCAA tournament. Mm. So even in whatever you're doing, even in conference, you know, back in the day, you didn't think about that. Hmm. You just played, and you just hmm. you didn't worry about okay if we lost it, we're not going to the. It was just we got to play well in conference, right? You know, but now with the media and the internet, you know, every game podcast. is podcast, everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every game is good. You know, if you well, lose, you're not going to make. You're on the bubble now. It's like, yeah. oh no, we still got the tournament. We still, you know, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Lenardi does a bracket, uh, early bracketology the minute the uh, NCAA <laughs> starts. Tim- yeah. Well, no, the minute the title game ends, it's like you know the uh, way too early bracketology for 2016 or whatever. It's like, oh my god, just. Breathe a yeah, moment. Yeah, he Live makes his moment. living on that bracket time. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah, from his standpoint, he's got to keep that going. He's got to keep that going. <laughs> well, uh, Matt, you're here with us this week. You'll also be with us next week. We've got kind of a nice uh, show planned for um, 
the uh, yeah the post signing day uh, spectacular. Um, <laughs> the uh, Wolfpack is uh, going to be uh, signing their Pac-15 class. Some have already signed. Yeah. Um, but uh, since it's not yet happened, I wonder if you have any kind of uh, you know leads or, or uh, thoughts on maybe who might be a, like a last minute surprise uh, um, for Wednesday. There's really there's one or two spots open. Um, obviously the coaches can't just like come out and say it, so sure. it's not entirely clear. Um, but there's one or two spots left. You know, with a little bit of defensive line attrition this year, uh, one of the the first sign the first commitment for the class actually didn't really qualify. Um, so his spot opened up, and then Drew Davis, you know, with the career-ending injury, mm. um, you know, a couple spots opened up. So they're looking to fill some more defensive line spots. Um, that's and it's good that coach that you know. Nielsen will be on next week um, just that's because, right. you know, he's the defensive line coach and gives some insight into that. But that's really what their focus is, is getting like eight or nine guys that can rotate without really losing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're getting some size. You know, they flipped Tyrone Riley from Kentucky last week. He's 6'6", like 230. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can't really beat that size. Um, so they're looking to kind of fill some more of that. They're looking at a junior college kid who I, I think might decide tonight. Um, I, they're usually on a little accelerated timetable. Right. Um, uh, Miggins, and then there's a couple, you know, high school kids they're looking at. One's from all the way out in, I think Utah, um, Fahoko that may decide. I think they'll probably take the first come first serve on those. Right. Um, but but that's really it, um, as far as I know. You know, they've pulled stuff out of Arius Moore last year, who was you know a huge player this year. Was a signing day blue shirt kid, never visited campus, and they got him hmm. to flip from uh, Indiana. So you never know what can happen. Um, you, you can bet they'll be working the phones until the last minute, or the fax machines, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, or the treadmill, which is apparently where Doran is. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. That was, if you've and, seen and that video. And racquetball court, too. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, once Frazier committed, that was kind of the last major known target. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Frazier? Yeah. Out of North, uh, one of the... the I think he was, what, the top prospect in North Carolina or one it, of the it top? It depends on the rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, we'll consensus four-star kid. Um <laughs> Yeah. So one of the top four running backs in the state. Yeah. The state has two of the other ones. So um, that's a good, obviously, group to have there. Yeah. So th- there's not a whole lot of big stars. They wrapped up kind of their major targets for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. I, you mentioned uh, Ryan Nielsen, defensive line coach, will be our guest next week. And uh, mm-hmm. so he'll finally be able to discuss uh, yeah, he can names. say some he, names. And he can stuff. name names instead of the uh, the red light or, or whatever the uh, you know code red, red the, light, all <laughs> the, the red term de jour is uh, <laughs> to, to describe these guys. But uh, yeah, we'll have Coach uh, Nielsen on, uh, and we'll be able to kind of break down some of those uh, key gets on the class. And uh, certainly, you know, as you mentioned, defensive line was one of their areas that they focused. So it's nice that uh, Coach Nielsen will be on with us, and we can kind of delve into that into some more detail so uh matt will be with us next week for that so be sure to look forward to that um ernie thank you very much for joining us this hey, week. it's always great to be here uh we really do appreciate it and matt again thank you for, for coming in and filling in with us and uh good to see you and again we'll see you next week yeah thanks for having me on i look forward to it so, r.i.p yeah yeah r.i.p miss you don we miss yeah, you miss you don all right uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of the riddick and reynolds podcast yeah. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.